Thank you for listening to the audio version of Hollywood vs. Holiness with David O'Gray and Janique Stewart. Please subscribe to the video version of this program on YouTube or Rumble so that you can get more out of our reviews. Hollywood vs. Holiness begins now. Welcome to Hollywood vs. Holiness. I am David O'Gray. And I'm Janique Stewart. And on Hollywood vs. Holiness, this is where we talk about the things we like coming out of Hollywood film, TV, and commercials versus what we did not like based upon the Christian standard of holiness. So what did you like this week, Janique? Well, this week, I am going to talk about a movie that was actually released on Christmas Day. I think it was actually released on Christmas Day, but I just saw it, and it was Wonder Woman 1984. Oh. I hope you don't have the same thing. (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) Okay, good. So one of the things that I really loved about it, I think in general, most of the superhero movies, most of the time, it's always a battle of good, you know, versus evil. Mm. And of course, good wins. With with Wonder Woman 1984, um, that is not lost. Have you ever been in love? A long, long time ago. You? So many times. Yeah, all the time. One of the things that's very interesting in this movie is about the idea. There is a stone and uh, there's a stone. And of course, Wonder Woman, Diana, is working at the Smithsonian and they come across this stone and it has an inscription that basically whoever's holding the stone will be granted one wish. So, of course, she wishes for her her love, Steve, to come back. And the gemologist, I think her name is Barbara she wishes to become more like Diana, you know, and they're kind of laughing through the whole thing and, and really not thinking that this could really come true, but it does come true. And so that's kind of the whole idea without spilling it for anyone that hasn't seen it. One of the things that I really think is important in this movie that I kind of wish was in more television is just the whole idea that, that there is a such thing as truth and that truth matters. Um, Mm -hmm. The truth is important, and we see, even in the first Wonder Woman film, she has her lasso of truth, and so she's always holding on to truth, and truth is always what's critically important um, in the Wonder Woman movies is the idea of truth, and I think that that's critically important. When we look at our culture today, where people want to redefine everything, and where truth does get lost, I feel like in the Wonder Woman movies, truth is what prevails. And we see good over evil. So Wow. I've never thought about the lasso of truth like that before. The lasso of truth. <laughs> never thought about that in Christian context. That's really good. Thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? What did you really like? So this Wait, is going to surprise. Is it, is it Korean? <laughs> no, not, not this time. <laughs> is it Bollywood? Not this time. Okay, but we'll get it? there. <laughs> now this is going to shock the viewers because, like, you know, they, maybe they know now that we don't talk about what we like beforehand. Because what I really liked this week was the new Superman series, Superman and Lois. Oh. So yeah, it's a CW series. I can't just abandon the world. The world will always need Superman. Right now, this family needs you more. I, I kind of like the, what's called the CW version. The CW verse, so the, channel, the network CW, they have the rights to produce television shows based upon a lot of DC comic characters, right? And I'm more of a DC comic character guy with the, you know, the Wonder Womans and the Batmans versus Marvel. Okay, I, I'm not, I don't care so much for Marvel. So I like a lot of what the CW verse has done with characters like Batman and um, and Superman. So my favorite, one of my favorite series of all time is Smallville. That's Superman oh, as a yeah. kid, mm-hmm. right? So, but now this new series, um, Superman and Lois, it's amazing. Well, let me just back up for some of the listeners, just to you know, to talk about a couple of things. So Superman. The writer of the comic always wanted to portray Superman as he wanted to play upon Christianity a little bit with Superman. So Superman's biological father is Jor-El, El, if you're familiar with the Hebrew Bible, El, another word for God. His earthly father is Jonathan, like Johannine, John, 
and his father prepares the way for Superman. After John Johannine dies, Superman begins his, his it's like his mission, his ministry, whatever. A little bit longer than three years. But Superman, his power is the sun, so he's like the light that came into the world. Superman comes from above down to earth. So it's a lot of these typologies and plays on Christianity, but that's kind of where they end. <laughs> um, but it's always like this interesting start. But now, before all the Superman, pre the previous movies and series, Superman is always just a superhero. He has a thing for this lowest person, sometimes Lana before her. But, and that's Kind of it. He saves the world. He does things. He has this tension with Lois, whatever. But guess what? Now, Janique, okay. Superman is married. He has kids. I couldn't lie to him anymore. This is going to keep my family together. Clark, it's going to tear it apart. Our dad told us all these stories about growing up here. I'll tell you it sucks. <laughs> I think he kind of loved it. We came here as a family. It's too dangerous for them to know. It's more dangerous if they don't. And so... It's just this whole new thing that's amazing to me, seeing how Superman is a dad and he's having basically basic dad struggles. He has a job to save the world, yet he has these two twin boys who need their dad at home. Okay. And so it's in, in the mother, um, Lois, she's a strong figure, so she's a strong um, partner for him and she helps him. And so it's just this really neat dynamic mm -hmm. to see how fatherhood is going to play out for Superman. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard of it. Hmm. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, 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 you I should. I don't think I've heard of that. Wow. But I, I think that's really interesting that we both chose without talking <laughs> to each other. Yes. Like superhero movies. But I do think that, like we were just talking about with like with Wonder Woman, it's that same aspect where the, the morality tends to to win out over what's evil and and again mm -hmm. like i was saying you know truth over lies but even like when it comes to courage you know there's a lot of themes that i think are important in some of these superhero movies and like with wonder woman it is about courage to face the truth and all those kinds of things so i think yeah. there's a lot of positive elements that one can draw from so that's good awesome. yeah i like what we like this week yes yay so let's talk about what we didn't like. So I'll set this up a little bit about this this movie. And then I guess you can come in. You can help us out, help us understand this thing as well. Sure. So the movie was is called Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Yes. And so it's about a 40, an hour and 40 minute film. Mm -hmm. um, goes faster than what you think it may. some questions they can be really personal just answer either never rarely sometimes or always and so it's based upon this high school girl who discovers that she's pregnant she's 17 years old and so the story picks up from there not a great home life and i think what the, the movie is very interesting is that it really wants us, there's, there's a lot of close captions, a lot of close filmography, a lot of close on her face. It really wants the, you to feel what she's feeling. And so let's talk about this. What, what, did you, what did you think about it overall? Well, just the idea. I mean, we should let them know that this is about a young lady who was in an unplanned pregnancy and she chooses to have an abortion. She chooses to go to Planned Parenthood and her cousin Skylar accompanies Autumn, the young lady in this unplanned pregnancy. And so we see, and I think that the producers and those who are directing the film, there's two aspects to it. Yes, there is looking at, at Autumn and her facial expressions and just kind of seeing uh, what she's going through. But I do believe that there is an intentionality on their part to appeal to that the reason why it's okay that she has an abortion is perhaps the reason she wants to have the, the abortion rather than what the abortion does itself. 
And that's part of the problem in our society today is that people want to think or they want to believe that abortion is right or wrong based on the reason you want to have that abortion rather than looking at the reality of abortion. Now, I want to be very clear. The reason to oppose abortion has nothing to do with the reason why you want to have it. There is no good reason to ever kill an innocent human being, a human being that's made in the image of God. There is never a good enough reason. We know that the unborn is, number one, a human being. The science of embryology affirms that you and I, we were we were living, we were distinct, we were whole human beings the entire time we were inside of our mom. We were in our mom, but that does not mean we were part of her body. And uh, we were growing. That's why we were, that's why her belly is growing is because we were able to metabolize food, use it for energy. And so therefore we were growing, but we were distinct in that we were never part of her body. Our DNA is different than mom's the entire time we were inside of her. Now, some people would say, okay, fine. I get the scientific part that yes, the unborn is a separate human being, but it doesn't really mean that it's a person that we need to value. And so that's why we use philosophy, like with the Life Training Institute, that's what, you know, I have the privilege of going around and talking to high school students, college students, and making the case for life. And so I'll briefly do that. I've already touched the science. But the other aspect is when people say, yeah, but it doesn't mean that it's a person. And so when we look at, most people will try and use four different reasons as to why it's acceptable to discount the unborn from being a person. And they'll say size, level of development, environment, or degrees of dependency. You can think SLED, S-L-E-D. They'll say, yeah, but the unborn is small. Okay, so since when does size mean that we can kill you? I mean, Mm -hmm. Jen, men are generally taller than women. I mean, I'm sure you're probably taller than your wife, but we don't think that that means that she has less value, that we can deprive a human being of basic human rights, which has the right to life, simply because of size. The next is level of development. Some will say, yeah, but the unborn is less developed. You know, it's not as developed as you or I. In this movie, maybe we will get to talk about how they talk about the different gestation. You know, is it okay to kill a baby based on its age? Is it more acceptable to kill the unborn child because it's only 10 weeks versus 18 weeks? Or if it's in the first trimester versus the third trimester of Mm. pregnancy? The reality is it's a human being all along. We know that there's different stages of levels of development, even for the born. We have newborn babies. We don't kill newborn babies because they can't walk like a toddler. And we would never suggest killing a toddler because they can't do trigonometry like a high school student or a college student. And even high school students and college students aren't necessarily as developed as their parents. And they won't be until around the age of 26 to 30. But we would never use level of development as reasons to kill them at that earlier stage and not now. Some say because of environment where that baby's located, it's inside of her. Since where, since when does where we are determine that we can deprive you of basic human rights? There's not a single state, you could, no matter where you travel, not just in the United States, no matter where you travel on this planet as a human being, your value remains the same, even if you went to the moon. I mean, I think it'd be really interesting if you sent astronauts off and imagine if one of them committed a crime and killed another astronaut. Would we say, well, it wasn't, there was no police jurisdiction. So technically, hey, we would never say that it would be okay to kill because there is no legal authority on the moon. Well, of course not, because you retain your value as a human being, regardless of where you are. Your address does not give you value, nor does it deprive you of value. And so the unborn inside a woman still has the same human rights as you and I, which is the right to life. And last is people will say, what about degree of dependency? I mean, the unborn does depend on her body. Since when does depending on another human being mean that we can deprive them of basic human rights? People who are, let's say, type 1 diabetics who depend on insulin therapy, or what about the elderly or aged? They often, they often depend on other people, but we would never say, let's kill them. Yeah. And even the unborn inside the woman, at the very beginning, it depends on her body a lot more than it does even in the second trimester and then in the third trimester, even less. 
So there's differing degrees of dependency inside the womb and outside the womb. So again, that size, level development, environment, and degrees of dependency, yes, those four aspects do exist, but as I just explained, they exist inside the womb and they also exist outside the womb. Therefore, they're not morally relevant to say that they could have been killed at that earlier stage inside the womb and not outside the womb. And that therein is the problem with this movie. This movie is trying to, in essence, justify the killing of an innocent human being because she feels that she is not ready for it. So what did you think of it? That's exactly what she says, right? She says, she says at one point in time, the lady asks her when she gets to the second Planned Parenthood, I guess we'll explain that in in a minute, but she (laughs) asked her what led you to this decision. And she says she was not ready to be a mom. But what I guess I'll get with to what, I did like about the movie because I could even use this in my, in my first like. Let me tell you what I liked about it, Janique. Um, <clears throat> it started off with them wanting to show us that she was in a bad relationship with this boy, right? She's at this talent show. Um, he seems to make fun of her. He she throws water in his face. So, and she has this bad home with this maybe father or stepfather who's just awkward and weird and inappropriate. Mm-hmm. But I guess what what I did like about it. Um, when, when she goes to the first place mm-hmm. to find out whether she's pregnant or not, mm-hmm. there's a really nice lady there mm-hmm. who's interacting with her. And she's once she discovers that she's pregnant, this counselor wants to sit her down and talk to her. And she's letting her know there's options. She says, you know, well, if you have the, I'm guarantee you at a year from now, after you had a baby, you forget about all this anxiety. And then the girl seems still kind of put off as Autumn does. And sort of the counselor says, well, you know, abortion is a, uh, adoption is an option. And Autumn seems kind of, I really don't know what I'm going to do now. And then the, the final lady says, well, are you abortion minded? Mm-hmm. And then Autumn says, well, is that an option? And then what I really like, sort of lady does this in addition to, um, um, no, it's not here where she gets the ultrasound, but this is what the, the counselor does is that she actually shows her a film of an abortion. Uh-huh. And so, so much was done right in this movie. It seems like Autumn had a chance, so many chances to to change her mind about this. Even when she sees the ultrasound, she looks at it for a minute, turns her head after she hears the heartbeat. I mean, so much, I didn't, it didn't seem to be anything that was missing other than supportive parents, but she doesn't tell her parents. Are people, you think, People are sometimes are in a situation where no matter what, they've made up their mind to kill the life within them. At that one point, at one point, she's even beating her own body, taking well, a bunch of vitamin C pills. Yes. I mean, is there I mean, do people just make up their mind to kill their child and there's nothing that can happen otherwise? There's just the darkness of the soul. What's happening? Absolutely, because like you said, okay, there's a couple of things. In the life-affirming clinic that she went to, that was a life-affirming clinic where they, as you saw, the counselor was very nice and professional. She did ask her questions and notice that Autumn didn't know some of the questions. She didn't know. Uh, They were not able to really give her an accurate window of how far along she was, mainly because Autumn didn't know some of the health information that was necessary to provide that. Okay, so that's one of the reasons why there was possibly an inaccurate diagnosis of how far along she really was. But regardless, that lady, she was non-judgmental with her, even though she was in an unplanned pregnancy. Um, And so I did appreciate that the movie did not try and present the pro-life clinic as being mean or um, unnecessarily judgmental and critical of her. They actually did give her. That is what I actually used to work at a life-affirming clinic. First Care Women's Clinics down in South Florida. That's what I used to do. And so I know that the majority of women who work there are not only life-affirming, but are very loving and caring and trying to help them make the best decision that is in the best interest of both mom and child. Now, I do find it very interesting that when she did have the ultrasound at the, I think it was the second clinic, Mm -hmm. that she, well, no, maybe it was. 
part of the first clinic. I'm not sure, but I know that the, the lady says, or the sonographer says, this is, I think she says something like, this is the best sound you'll ever hear. So it had to be the first clinic, right? I think so. And she says, right. this is the most magical sound you will ever hear. This is the most magical sound you will ever hear. Now, fact. Autumn cannot say, well, the reason that I had an abortion is because I really didn't think it was a baby. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't really know what it was. No, you could see the baby on the screen. You could see the full profile and you could see the baby moving. Second, you could hear your son or daughter's heart beating. So yeah. you can't say, I didn't know. Yes, you did, because you went to a clinic where they did give you a free ultrasound. You got, you got to see it and you turned your head away because you did not want to see the reality of life. And I think a lot of people do that because they don't want to hear. In fact, according to CareNet, uh, with, which deals and works with pregnancy clinics, 80% of women will choose life when they have support and when they get to see an ultrasound. So yeah. the, the power of the ultrasound is very important, but also right. having that support system is also important. Now, I thought it was very interesting. They did let her know about the adoption option, which is another life affirming option. And she said, oh, I don't really know what I want to do yet. You know, I don't, I don't really know what I want to do. But as soon as she sees that movie now, it's not like she also doesn't know that abortion is killing. In this movie, we clearly see that at that life affirming clinic, as you pointed out, they do show her that video called Hard Truth with Dr. Bernard Nathanson. Now, this is one of the same videos, not that same one. We actually use a different one. But whenever I go into high school, um, high schools, assemblies, and colleges, universities, or I'm speaking at conferences, one of the things that I do show is a 57 second. So it's less than one minute. And mm -hmm. it shows the aftermath of what abortion does to our children. Now, the reason why that's important is because there's a there's a principle we can glean from Hosea 4, 6 that says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. A lot of people will have an abortion, David, because they don't know. They think it's not really a human being or they don't think that it's really they just think it's a blob of tissue. Well, she cannot say that she thought it was a blob of tissue. And furthermore, they'll say, well, I don't really know if abortion kills. Well, in Dr. Bernard Nathanson's video, Heart Truth, when you, I, I like that they did at least show his name, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, yeah, show the yeah. name of the video, Heart Truth, yeah, yeah. so that people know what she's showing. She yeah. actually did show her what I believe was probably, she showed her, they actually showed uh, pictures of the embryo and fetus growing through the stages of development. So they got to see a little bit of that. What the audience did not get to see, though, is at the end of Hard Truth, he actually shows where the baby is being aborted and what that baby looks like after being aborted. They cut that out, I believe, intentionally. Now, the other aspect to this is in the clinic when she does go to have the abortion. But before, remember when she first goes to the first Planned Parenthood in Pennsylvania. That first clinic, they tell her that, or she goes to a clinic and no, maybe she, maybe it is after the first one, the life affirming one. She thinks now, she knows that abortion is an option. She Googles it online and right. finds out that she needs right. parental consent. Right. Well, she does not want to tell her parents. That's a choice that she made not to involve parents who we don't know could have been supportive of her. Yeah. yeah. We don't and her, mother, her mother seems like she may have been. Her mother seems to be a... Mm -hmm good mom her mother seemed pretty decent yeah. in that right. in that she did seem like she was caring or at least to me i don't think it was an ideal home for any of them and i think in some ways her mom might have been a little disconnected to what was going on mm -hmm. but regardless her mom did not seem like she was mean right. but even if she had been mean do we does hardship justify homicide do we <laughs> kill our children right. because of hardship no, no. It's no. never, it should never be an option. Right. So now she goes to this other clinic. They tell her that now she's not 10 weeks along, that in fact, she's 18 weeks along. Mm 
And she goes with her, with her cousin Skylar because she doesn't need parental consent in New York. Right. But because she's 18 weeks, that is now too far along for them to do the type of pregnancy or, or to do the type of abortion that they would do at that clinic. So they sent her to the Manhattan one where she would have to go the very next day, if you recall. And they were compounding bad decisions along the way. Remember that um, once she admitted to Skylar what was going on when they were at work, her and Skylar colluded to steal money from their job. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so just this is just this this desperation where did there need to be desperation was was another thing. Uh-huh. And so and, and so they go to the first clinic, they do another ultrasound, another test. And the lady tells her there that she's too far along, like you said, that she's uh-huh. um, that uh, I think she's that clinic can only, only go up to 12 weeks, but she's uh-huh. 17 weeks, I think, or 18 weeks. Uh-huh. And so and so f- what happens next is that they don't have a lot of money. They're in New York. And so they're homeless for a couple of days until they can get this abortion. They're on a uh, uh, subway. There's some strange man in the subway with them. He's trying to masturbate in front of her. And that, that, that it's just it's 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 amazing that she has so many so much opportunity to realize what was going on. God, I think God gave her. God will close doors for you in your life to allow you to reconsider what's going on. You know, God will make things difficult at times to give us an opportunity to rethink and to turn to Him in His grace. Uh-huh. But each time she's faced with this difficulty and this door closing in her face to give her a chance to make another decision, she pushes through the door and keeps going to the decision to kill her own child. Yes. And she also just makes more selfish decisions because even when you consider in the clinic, in this, this the first clinic, uh, the first Planned Parenthood, they even ask her, do you have... Um, or no, I guess it's the second one where the Manhattan Clinic, where she's going to have the procedure, they even ask her, do you have some place to stay? Because yeah. they even offered they could help her put her someplace safe. And say, oh, no, no, you know, no, I, we got this. But she really didn't. And because she didn't want her parents to know, because remember, she asked if it would show up on the health insurance mm. bill or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so she, because she doesn't want them to find out all the money that they had, even for food, she spends so that she can basically pay for the abortion cash rather than, of course, running the risk that her her mom and dad or stepdad would find out. So again, a lot of the the choices that are made, you know, and again, choices have consequences. Our choices have consequences, good or bad, good or bad, even if it is, even if Because I know one of the questions people do bring up is, yeah, well, in the conversation where the counselor is asking her a series of health questions, and this is where the title of the movie comes from. They're asking her a series of questions about her health. They're asking her, you know, at what age did you start having sex? And I think she said it was like 13 or 14. Then they begin to ask, um, are you in a relationship where you've been pressured or forced to have sex. And the options given are never, rarely, sometimes, or always. I want to spend a few minutes talking with you about your relationships, okay? Because they can affect your health. Did you know that? No? All right. So I'm going to ask you some questions. They can be really personal. And all you have to do is answer either never, rarely, sometimes, or always. It's kind of like multiple choice, but it's not a test. Okay. Okay. In the past year, your partner has refused to wear a condom. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Sometimes. Your partner has made you have sex when you didn't want to. Never, rarely, Sometimes, always. It's okay. I want to make sure you're safe and I want to help you if I can. 
just one more question for you, okay, Autumn? Has anyone forced you into a sexual act ever in your lifetime, yes or no? Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you want to tell me about it? No, no. And that is when we begin to see more clearly that her boyfriend, it appears, at least once may have pressured her into having sex. So a lot of people will say, yes, but isn't abortion justified? And this is what, this is what I was, was alluding to in the very beginning when I was saying most people think that it's the reason that someone wants to have an abortion that determines the rightness or the wrongness of it. Right. But I'm here to say that the, the rightness or wrongness of abortion is determined by the reality of what it does. Right. That's why I was saying, like, even as you mentioned with that video that they do show her and the same video that I show high school students and college age students, they get to see the reality of abortion is very clear. At the end of the day, there's a dead baby lying on that table. You yep. see at every abortion clinic, there's two people that walk in that clinic. Yep. But at the end of the day, what does an abortion do? One of them will walk away alive. The other one will not walk away because it's been killed in that clinic. It's now in a body bag or, it, or it's in medical waste dump or even in the toilet. Yeah. That's what abortion does. And sometimes, if we're also being honest, sometimes there's two live people walking in and sometimes my one of them walk out because sometimes even that girl or that woman does not live through that abortion. That does actually happen. Um, we do hear frequently about that. I, I know here in St. Louis, there have been multiple cases, David, of women going to that abortion clinic, that Planned Parenthood, and they have to call 911. And a lot of times they don't want to call 911 because they don't want to admit that there is danger in abortion. And it was thought it was interesting at one of the questions that Autumn asks, the counselor asks, turns to her and says, do you have any questions? And what was her question? Is this going to hurt? Yeah. Now, to me, the counselor should have said, oh, well, what do you mean by that? Do you mean, is it going to hurt you or is it going to hurt your baby, your child's inside of you? Because the reality is it's not going to only hurt your child. It's going to kill your child. Yeah. And that's, that is a truth that most people want to forget. They yeah. want to ignore that abortion is absolutely, it's not only going to hurt your child, it's going to kill your child. And of course, you know, her answer to her is, well, it's going to be uncomfortable. Right, right. And then Skylar, her, her cousin, she, after the abortion is over, I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, Skylar says, you know, did it hurt? And then she repeats <laughs> the same thing. She says, well, it's just a little bit uncomfortable. And like you at that moment, I was just really thinking about the child. And as you said, there is the moral act itself. I mean, the moral act itself in this instance is the killing of a child. That's what's going on during abortion. We're not making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. No, the moral act itself is the killing of a child. That's what's going on. That the mother isn't being relieved of anything. She's not being cured. That's not what's going on. The moral act itself is the killing of a child. And that's what we have to look at, regardless of anything else that's going on. Rather, um, the slide, as you said, anything else that's going on is the moral act itself. Is it right or is it wrong? We know it's murder. Therefore, it's immoral and that is wrong. But yeah, the selfishness I was, I was thinking about, but the sanitizing of it as well, you know, a but little also, uncomfortable, a yes, little uncomfortable. Also, how desensitized Autumn was. She's, they're eating, okay? They're eating lunch or dinner or whatever it is now after the fact. Skylar asks her how it was. She says simply, it's uncomfortable. And then a couple of seconds later, she's making a joke. Yeah, yeah. So there is a level of desensitization to it, which to me is also very concerning, but it does kind of reflect the culture today. That mm -hmm. there is a desensitization to this, you know? Now, yeah, she has to. Does she, does she have to? pretend that this never happened and just try to move on, forget about it. I mean, this is something I've seen, something I've witnessed that when this does happen, it seems to be the case that the people who are involved with it um, just want to move on and forget about it and forget that the fact that they are still parents or still mother, 
but yes. just to a dead child at this point, right? Well, you know why? There's there's two things I want to to uh, talk about here. One of the reasons why she was desensitized is for the seri- the very same reason the counselor was desensitized. Think about the, the two different counselors, the life-affirming counselors, and then mm-hmm. the counselors at the clinics, both Planned Parenthoods, okay? Right. Now, if you- It's amazing about, that they say that too, right? It's amazing that they say a Planned Parenthood. Yes. <laughs> Planned Parenthood of Manhattan specifically, right? Yeah. Now, here's what was interesting. At the first clinic, the life-affirming clinic, she calls it, the counselor calls what's inside of her truth. She acknowledges truth that it's a baby. She even says, listen, I know that it's difficult right now, but trust me, years, you know, when you're holding that baby, remember she works, she refers to it as a baby. And she says, trust me, I would know I am a mother. Okay. Now she does refer to it as a baby multiple times, even when the, the sonographer who's doing the ultrasound. Okay. She says the most magical sound you'll hear, you know, is your baby's heartbeat. Again, affirming life. But look at the terminology that's used at the Planned Parenthood abortion clinic. They say termination of pregnancy. Well, what does that sound like? That doesn't sound like killing your child. They're not saying, well, have you thought about killing your child? Or, well, you know, what are you thinking of doing? Well, they're thinking of terminating the pregnancy. They don't clarify and say, do you mean Autumn killing your baby? They don't say that. No. Of course not. They and they specifically use euphemisms. And what is a euphemism? What is the purpose of a euphemism? It's to, in essence, help us to become desensitized to the truth All of right. something. It uses other words to hide the truth or the reality of that actual word. Okay. Yeah. The, People don't like to hear the term abortion. And even they'll, even if they do use the term abortion, most people aren't really thinking, I'm going to kill my child. And termination of pregnancy sounds like you're just ending something and not a someone. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. abortion kills a someone, not right. a something. Right. And right. so that's why I think that it was so easy for her. But one other thing, David, that I really did appreciate that they did that I thought was very accurate. Well, there's two aspects to it because one, they didn't show the truth of it, but they did tell her at the first Planned Parenthood clinic when she arrives, I think they arrive at like the end of the day and there she's expecting to have that procedure done, the abortion, which will kill her child. She's expecting to have done that day. And that's when she explains, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to send you to the Planned Parenthood in Manhattan because you're your past 12 weeks, our clinic, we only do them up to 12 weeks, but you're around 18 weeks. So I need to send you over there. Mm-hmm. Well, once she goes over there the next day, they tell her it's going to be a two day process. Right. The first day alone, because of where she is in gestation, you know, most people don't realize that just to have an abortion, there's nothing natural about killing your child mentally, psychologically, or even physically, David. They actually, as they explained, have to put in laminaria rods. That's seaweed rods that will expand and force open the cervix. You see, the way God has designed our bodies, that cervix closes and it it helps to keep that baby in during those nine months. And then it dilates nine to ten centimeters at the time of birth. Well, now they have to force open that cervix to be able to put the abortion instruments in to kill your child. There's nothing natural about that. And so they did tell the truth that it would be a two-day process. An abortion is not something that's quick. An abortion does take time. And remember, they even said to her, are you sure you want to terminate your pregnancy? Yeah. Because once you do that, because they were going to give her, there's multiple medications that they give you in addition to forcing open the cervix. Yeah, she said that is it's important that you make sure to important I ask you this question because if you change your mind after today is you know, there there'll be health complications. And even when she's on the on the bed ready to uh, go through with the, the abortion or proicide is like to call it proicide means killing one's offspring. I think that's a much clearer word. But when she's about to go through with this, even when she's on the bed, she's uh, before she gets the this 
but the medicine to make her fall asleep, the sedative, they ask her, what are you about to do? Or why are you here? And she yes. says, get, a, get an abortion. Yes. Which I thought was, was, was amazing that they actually showed that, that they, that they did want her consent. Now, I was curious about that. I'm like, are they trying to portray that most Planned Parenthoods are intentional? to confirm that you know you're there to kill your child. I don't know. I'm not sure if that is the truth, but if that's what they do, then I'm glad that at least they confirm that I guess that you want to kill your child. I guess that's what they're trying to make clear is that the people that are there know what it is that they're doing. That they know that they're going to kill their child, although they don't use terminology that affirms and confirms that. But here's where I thought that they missed the boat, okay? They did not show what actually does happen to the so-called termination of the pregnancy. What's inside of that woman that's being exterminated is a human being, and they don't show that procedure at all. They go up to, they show her being in the room, they show show her being in the the stirrups or the forceps, They, they show all of that, but they do not actually show what actually happens during the abortion. Now, in contrast, think of the movie Unplanned with Abby Johnson. Mm-hmm. That to me is a very clear movie that does accurately show what happens to the unborn, which is why Abby Johnson had a change in heart is when she saw it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie, I believe, does miss that mark because they do not show that because I don't believe they want to show that. Yeah. There's a reason why they didn't show that, to be honest with you. Just like they cut out part of Bernard Nathanson's movie in Hard Truth. Yeah. They don't right. want people to see the reality of abortion. Now, they yeah. also made it seem like her life went back to normal. She's joking around. Remember when her cousin Skylar asks, so how did it feel? It was uncomfortable. Yeah, and then yeah. a couple seconds later, she's making a joke. They wanted it to see. They wanted it to appear as if your life goes back to normal. That is yeah. not true. What they did not show were some of the. They didn't show obviously first and foremost, and what's most important is the death of that child. The death of the child. A death of a human being occurs when a woman is on that table, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's two human beings die. Yeah. They did not show that. Furthermore, they did not show that according to research, a lot of women will experience some uh, regret, some sadness even after having that. They didn't show. Something, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm, they didn't really show that. Um, I don't even know if they show the stomach cramping even after that or the amount of bleeding that that takes place. Or the diaper that she's wearing right now. After you kill a human being. You know, because like I said, there's nothing normal or natural about abortion. Now, one last thing that I do want our audience to understand, abortion is not health care. You would think based upon the movie that somehow Planned Parenthood is a health clinic. It is not. Abortion kills a human being. The purpose of health care is to save life. It's to preserve life. It's to treat life and health conditions. Pregnancy is not a disease state and abortion is not a cure for a disease, okay? It isn't. Pregnancy is a condition of which all of us came and that is what's natural. It isn't natural to intentionally want to kill your baby. In fact, when someone has a miscarriage, normally, why do they, they try and give them treatment? Because there isn't it's not really normal or, or healthy to actually have a miscarriage. There, in, normally it occurs because something wrong has happened. And now we're treating the intentional killing of a human being as if it's normal and if it is health care. So for those who are watching, please don't buy into the rhetoric that abortion is necessary health care and that abortion is pro-woman. There was nothing pro-woman about what happened to autumn on that table there's nothing pro-woman there and even the fact that she would go so far as to beat her own stomach rather than deal with the reality that there is another human being inside of her you see there were two we saw the violence of that abortion 
but she was going to try and give herself her own abortion, so to speak, because she took, remember all those vitamin C tablets yeah. that she took? Yeah. yeah. She was going to try and do her own chemical or, or medicinal mm-hmm. abortion by taking all those to cause an intentional miscarriage. Then yeah. she beats herself in the stomach, causing severe bruising on her stomach. Yeah. Because she wanted that baby so badly outside of her rather than to deal with the reality of her sexual choices. The yeah. other aspect to that is that the Planned Parenthood, because she did that after she went to the life affirming clinic, not a single one of those women asked her, Autumn, what's going on with these bruises on your stomach? You see, if they were really concerned with her, they should have asked Autumn. I see all these bruises. Are you okay? Are you in an unhealthy relationship? Can we help you? Those questions never came up except at the very beginning, you know, when they're going through, have you been abused or anything, but there isn't any help given to her and she has visible signs of abuse. Now, even though they were self-induced, I was, I was surprised that they did not try and even ask Autumn, what's going on with you physically? Because we see signs of abuse. Yeah. Are you being forced into into whatever the case may be? So again, I don't really see concern, true concern for her as a human being at Planned Parenthood. And, and I think that was an interesting dichotomy there as well. The whoever impregnated her, or maybe I think they led us to believe it was that boy. Um, there, there are two pivotal people in her life. That didn't protect her, who didn't love, who didn't love her, but acting acted like they did, care about her. One was the the young man who got her pregnant, didn't care about her whatsoever, or he wouldn't have put her in that position, and wouldn't have had uh, fornication with her. First of all, um, and of course, of course, it seems to be she was complicit in this. It was, it was voluntary. I mean, she she went along, but as, as a man, I think he has obviously a duty to protect her. Second, the 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 second Planned Parenthood acting like they cared about her. As you said, asking those questions, showing concern. They had all these resources to put her up in a hotel, pay some of her bill. They had all these resources and helps acting like they, they were caring for her, but they, they didn't love her. They didn't protect her. So it was false. Okay. So this, this false love, this false caring of the world is trickery from the devil. Okay. And, and and I think people... So what do, what do you think, Jenny? Should, should, Jenny, should people... We have a lot of spoilers. I don't know who wants to watch it at this point in time. Maybe you <laughs> will. But is this a good film? I still to watch. People, I still think. Okay, you know what? I would challenge our audience to watch two movies. I would challenge you to watch this one, and I would challenge you to watch Unplanned with Abby Johnson's story. Okay. I would challenge you to watch both of those and contrast them and then feel free to put comments and to to address us to let us know what you think if if you've already seen either one of those movies if you've seen unplanned the story of abby johnson or if you've already seen this one you know let us know or if you've seen a different movie that deals with abortion please comment and let us know but most people do have in their mind that the reason it's acceptable to have an abortion is if you have a hard life But like I said, hardship does not justify homicide. Now, even if she was sexually assaulted, and that's why she's pregnant. She's pregnant because she was raped. First and foremost, rape is horrible violence. It is horrible violence. And again, the people around her have failed her if they have not noticed that something is wrong with her, mm-hmm. okay? Now, even if it is rape, though, we, we still need to kind of ask the question, why do we have a right to life? We have a right to life because the most basic human right is the right to life. And where do we get human rights from? Or who gets human rights? Human beings. The unborn is a human being. Now, The purpose of government is to protect the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness or property. So we get those rights simply because we're human beings. We see that affirmed in the Declaration of Independence, which is what I just referred to. But as human beings, we get human rights. The most basic fundamental right is the right to life. And we do not deprive people of basic human rights because of what your parents did. 
Okay. The dad is the, is the rapist. If that's the reason she's pregnant, the dad is the rapist. Now let's ask ourselves this question. If autumn saw the father and she was in a part of the, the area, like she was like in a remote area, like down out in the country and nobody else was around, would she be able to take her car? And run him over and kill him because he triggered. When she saw him, it triggered the rape. And every single time she looks at that rapist, it reminds her of that painful event. Would she have the right, the moral right, to run him over with a car because he's a reminder of that painful event? No. So why do we think it's okay to kill the unborn because it might be a reminder of that painful event? She can't even kill the rapist, and he's the guilty party. All right. All right. You see, we do point. not kill children for the sins of the father. Right. And that's what we're doing when we say, well, it's okay to kill in the case of yeah, rape or okay. sexual assault or incest or whatever the case may be. Right. Again, that child has just as much a right to life as you or I or even the rapist. Yeah. If we can't kill the rapist, which we wouldn't do simply because... They were might as a painful event. We should not do that to that unborn child. That unborn child is a victim as much as Autumn is. If yeah. that's if that's even the reason that she's pregnant. Hmm. But it doesn't really matter what the reason is, as I said, because the reason we want to have an abortion doesn't change the reality of that abortion, which is it intentionally kills the most vulnerable among us. And it does so violently. They deserve more and women deserve more than abortion. That's all the truth. Well, thank you for tuning in. And please, definitely like, subscribe, and follow. But also, please, please, please do this. If you have seen this movie or even another movie that deals with abortion, go on and comment about, you know, what you thought about this movie or any other movies or even another movie that you might even want us to talk about on Hollywood versus holiness because we definitely value your feedback and your comments and we, we definitely want to hear from you. So again, thanks for joining us on another episode of Hollywood versus Holiness. See you next time. See you next time.